It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search it out is the glory of kings. This is the Message to Kings podcast. Episode 78, David and the Angel of the Lord. Bordering the region of Gibeah was a town called Nob, where the descendants of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas lived and continued their priestly duties. In this location, they resumed all the priestly sacrifices and under the protection and prosperity of the reign of Saul, compared to the civil unrest and foreign rule time periods, the priests were able to have a time of fairly safe pasturing. Great wealth flowed into Nob, as the Israelites brought gifts to the Levites. Eli's line was continuing in the form of the priest, and according to Josephus, there was over 300 priests living and working in Nob, under the protection and blessing of Israel. I picture a little oasis of priests with ephods and gifts of prophecy working and atoning for Israel's sins on a daily basis, and into this protected area comes a warrior, but not just a warrior, a man whose life was in absolute turmoil and whose mind was all over the place. 1 Samuel 21. David went to Nob to Ahimelech the priest. Ahimelech trembled when he met him and asked, Why are you alone? Why is no one with you? David answered Ahimelech the priest, The king sent me on a mission and sent, said to me, No one is to know about the mission I am sending you on. As for my men, I have told them to meet me at a certain place. Now then, what do you have on hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever you can find. But the priest answered David, I don't have any ordinary bread on hand. However, there is some consecrated bread here, provided the men have kept themselves from women. David indeed replied, and Indeed women have been kept from us, as usual, whenever I set out. The men's bodies are holy, even on missions that are not holy. How much more so today? So the priest gave him the consecrated bread, since there was no bread there except the bread of the presence that had been removed from before the Lord and replaced by hot bread on the day it was taken away. Now one of Saul's servants was there that day, detained before the Lord. His name was Doeg the Edomite, Saul's chief shepherd. David asked Ahimelech, don't you have a spear or a sword there? I haven't brought my sword or any other weapon, because the king's mission was urgent. The priest replied, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Eli, is here. It is wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you want it, take it. There is no sword here but that one. David said, There is none like it. Give it to me. So David came into Nob, hungry and on the run from Saul. He lied to the high priest, and the high priest believed him at least we think so, and gave him Goliath's sword and some showbread, which was the consecrated Levitical bread. This was illegal to do, but I guess the high priest considered starvation and those in authority more important, so he relented. According to the law of Moses, this was unlawful. But here is one of those indications of David's place in God and his revelation of a new covenant that God valued mercy over sacrifice. He must have learned this from Samuel. Now, I remember about four years back, talking to a rabbi at a neighbor's bar mitzvah. I asked him about this scene and said, Why did God let David break the rules and eat Levitical bread? Surely he could have found other food. And the rabbi scratched his beard and, and he answered, he goes, Perhaps there was an element of mercy for David. 
No doubt David was in the wrong, and he will admit it later, and God clearly had mercy on him, because you don't mess with two things in the Old Testament, the ark and the Levitical sacrifices. But before David leaves, Doeg, a wealthy foreigner and heathen, who was the keeper of the flocks of Saul, witnessed all that happened to David. Soon after, Doeg will report all of this to Saul. David ends up leaving Nob with Goliath's sword, munching on the showbed of the priest. One could park a vehicle here and talk about the symbolism here. But let's be brief. The scene has incredible symbolic meaning, for David leaves with two things, and they both symbolize the word of God, bread and the sword. And after what happens in a few scenes, we will see that it is David who appears to be the last one who carries the bread of God's presence and the power of his word into the next generation. It's prophetic because David ends up carrying the sword and the word and even the priesthood throughout Israel into the next generation. From here, David does something absolutely strange. He goes to the Philistines. Here is the account, Samuel 21:10. That day David fled from Saul and went to Achish, king of Gath. But the servants of Achish said to him, Isn't this David, the king of the land? Isn't he the one they sing about in their dances, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands? David took those words to heart and was very much afraid of Achish, king of Gath. So he pretended to be insane in his presence. And while he was in their hands, he acted like a madman, making marks on the doors of the gate and letting saliva run down his beard. Achish said to his servants, Look at this man. He is insane. Why bring him to me? Am I so short of madmen that you have to bring this fellow here to carry on like this in front of me? Must this man come into my house? Note it says that David had to flee, which is a real indication that Saul was pursuing him. It, it still led me to ask more questions of, like, why Gath? Why, why did he go to the Philistines? Enacting insane before the king. Looking at commentaries, they don't seem to answer these questions. Josephus never seems to really tell why. I guess we need to look at Jewish tradition. Let's pull from the legends of the Jews again for a possible explanation of why he ends up in Philistine territory and why he acted insane. Here's an excerpt from the legends of the Jews related to this scene in Gath. David once said to God, The world is entirely beautiful and good, with one exception of insanity. What use does the world derive from a lunatic who runs hither and thither, tears, tears his clothes, and is pursued by a mob of hooting children? Verily a time will come, said, the God, said God in reply, when thou wilt supplicate me to inflict thee with madness. Now it happened when David, on his flight before Saul, came to Achish, the king of the Philistines, who lived in Gath, that the brothers of Goliath formed the heathen king's bodyguard, and they demanded that their brother's murderer be executed. Achish, though a heathen, was pious, for which reason he is called Abimelech in the Psalms, after the king of Gerar, who also was noted for piety. He therefore sought to pacify David's enemies. He called their attention to the fact that Goliath had been the one to challenge the Jews to combat, and it was met, therefore, that he should be left to bear the consequences. The brothers rejoined, if that view prevailed, then Achish would have to give up his throne to David, for according to the conditions of combat, the victor was to have dominion over the vanquished as his servants. In his distress, 
David besought God to let him appear a madman in the eyes of Achish and his court. God granted his prayer, and as the wife and daughter of the Philistine king were both bereft of reason, we can understand his explanation. Do I like madmen, that you have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Thus it was that David was rescued. Thereupon he composed a psalm beginning with the words, I will bless the Lord at all times, which includes even the time of lunacy. So that's a cool story, huh? I mean, whether it's how it went down or not, that's Jewish tradition for you. But it's a cool story. Fortunately, there's more narrative from the Bible to work with, but it's sliced and placed in the Psalms. David wrote Psalm 56 when he was in prison, awaiting judgment in Gath. Others claim Psalm 8, 81, and 84 were written in Gath and played on an instrument in Gath as referred to as an instrument called a gith or a githith. And the classic Psalm 34 was written as David was per- delivered from Gath by God himself. Let's take a look at Psalm 56, Psalm 8, and Psalm 34 to reconstruct what happened and how David was seeing it from his eyes. It would appear that David approached the king of Gath in peace in hopes of finding refuge, but the giant saw him and it caused a stir in the city, and he is thrown in prison until it was decided what to do with him. After he was thrown in prison, just like Paul in Acts, David flew into worship and praised God, extolling him in Psalm 56. For the director of music, to the tune of A Dove on Distant Oaks, of David, a Mictam, when the Philistines had seized him in Gath, be merciful to me, my God, for my enemies are in hot pursuit. All day long they press their attack. My adversaries pursue me all day long, and their pride many are attacking me. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise, in God I trust, and I am not afraid. What can mortals do to me? All day long they twist my words, all their schemes are for my ruin. They conspire, they lurk, they watch my steps, hoping to take my life. Because of their wickedness, do not let them escape. In your anger, God, bring the nations down. Record my misery, list my tears on your skull. Are they not in your record? Then my enemies will turn back when I call for help. By this I will know that God is for me. In God, whose word I praise, in the Lord, whose word I praise, in God I trust and am nigh afraid. What can man do to me? I am under vows to you, my God. I will present my thank offerings to you. For you have delivered me from death and my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. Wow, his faith has been tested, and instead of junk coming out of David, here is the pure gold of worship, dependence upon God. I can see heaven coming down as David in prison was praying and seeking and worshiping God with all of his heart, with tears streaming down his face. His worship continues. I picture him only having one outlet to the world, a window in his prison cell, witnessing the birds of the air and the sun and the moon and the stars day after day. This window was his outlet to the world, but instead it was an inspiration to worship God. Psalm 8 For the director of music, according to Gittith, a psalm of David, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? human beings that you care for them. 
You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You have made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So check out the reference to angels. Seems out of place here. But there's something about angels and prisons in the Bible, especially in the New Testament. This reference will continue in Psalm 34. It actually appears that David had visitations in the Philistine jail cell. He saw angels, and later it references the angel of the Lord, and we know that's most likely Jesus. There was clearly supernatural intervention which kept David from death and gath. For he is released upon acting insane before the king of Gath. Was David insane? No. Did he act insane? Yes. Was he helped supernaturally to look insane? Maybe. For the Philistines brought the ruse, and he was released. I picture David leaving Gath, walking out of Gath, into the vineyards of the Philistines, eating grapes from their vines, and singing another new song, tasting the grapes and the fruit, and seeing the angel of the Lord, tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. Psalm 34 Of David, when he pretended to be insane before Abimelech, who drove him away, and he left, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called, and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good things, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to blot out their name from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and save those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers them from them all. He protects all his bones, not one of them will be broken. Evil will slay the wicked, and the foes of the righteous will be condemned. The Lord will rescue his servants. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. So after this, David continues journeying outside of Gath through Philistine territory and into the land of Judah, where he hides in a cave in Adullam. Let's conclude this episode of Message to Kings with David entering the cave of Adullam. He had just been delivered from his enemies, and he had just encountered God through worship. He just completed many psalms and was full spiritually from his experience. So he was spiritually full, but in the natural, what did he have? Nothing. But in the spirit, God was with him, and David was stronger than ever. We'll leave David here to end this episode, and we'll start up next week with an audio drama look at Saul and the chaos of 
of Nob from the perspective of Abiathar, the son of Ahithophel. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Message to Kings. Stay tuned next week as we conduct an audio drama called Abiathar and the Chaos at Nob. Feel free to visit the Facebook page and leave a comment or question, or if you want to chat, email at messagetokings at gmail.com.